This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Bitter Units, a beer podcast hosted by the tailgatesociety.com. It's been a while since we recorded, life got in the way, um, not even necessarily pandemic-related life, but just life in general, not during a pandemic, which is starting to get a little bit back to normal, which is nice. We have a very special episode Um we have a, a new or a guest that is joining the two timers club. Um, <laughs> that's the way I wanted to say that. Yep. Um, Flawless so, executioner. Yeah. To the two timers club. You take that how you want. <laughs> um, but uh, that's back. And we also have a guest host this episode, our West coast correspondent correspondent. I'm off to a good start. Is that is that Spanish for correspondent? Yeah. <laughs> I put a double L in there. Um, and uh that is Anya Carter. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for stepping in. Uh JT had some commitments. Um we won't divulge what those were. <laughs> he should uh, be committed. He, yeah, you know. Um, but he had some commitments. No, he's he's birthday party of a friend that he'd committed to before we put this together. So it's all right. We'll miss you, JT, but not that much. <laughs> Tim, how are you? Um, I am I'm I'm good. Uh yesterday was my last day at the brewery that I had been on, and I start on Monday at uh yet another brewery. So um a lot of transition but uh, it's fun all right congratulations just goes to show people anybody can get a job and <laughs> anybody can, can get, be a fucking brewer tim can do it anybody can do it we don't i mean it's proven fact now you not only twice but now a third time i mean jeez. yeah i know people people are suckers all right well i'm gonna let tim reintroduce our guest some of you will remember him if you were with us real early when we started this this pod. So, uh, Tim, let's let's give him a go again. Yeah, I'm really excited to have him back on. It has been a while since we've talked to him, but um, you know, in that time, then we've seen a lot of changes in the beer world, and and you know, with this pandemic thing, we keep on referencing. Um, but very excited to have back on fellow Iowa State alum, uh, new dad, hey. and uh, editor of Brewbound, Justin Kendall. Justin, welcome back to Bitter Units. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on the, the baby. Uh, yeah, Mo most of the times it feels congratulatory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just coming off like uh, a... I don't even know how long it was like 30, 40 minute stretch of trying to get her to go to sleep. And in that time I I've taken to uh, shushing her to the Iowa state fight song as well <laughs> as uh, 
do you guys know don't know the words oh, oh yeah, of course mm-hmm. yeah she also gets don't know the words and go cyclones but all in shushing so it I sometimes l- works i love <laughs> it I love That's it. probably better than what I used to do. I used to sing beer run to my daughter to try to get her. Dance, so. <laughs> I just, I just stayed in the room and cried with my daughter. That was what I pretty much I was reduced to. I, I, I usually just cry after. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're, we're still here doing the same stuff we were doing before. So I'm going to, jump right in because justin probably remembers i came in hot last time i don't know if you remember tim i'm gonna come in hot with another question because it was early I, and i was excited yeah i want to know how you feel about the fact that tim loves anna kendrick i just found this out the other day how does that make you feel <laughs> it doesn't hurt my feelings okay well see i was coming in hot with very important questions that people want to know about <laughs> now <laughs> That we nope. found that out. She's 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 fantastic. I just wanted to throw Tim under the bus on that. <laughs> I don't. We were I, about I don't feel thrown under the bus. She's adorable. We she's talented. Talking about that in Slack the other day. We were talking about beer. <laughs> we were talking about beer movies and how there aren't a ton of them. Like movies yeah. that are focused on beers, and there was she was mm-hmm. in one that I had never even heard of about seven years ago or something like that. Which um, like one? Seen this drinking buddies yes oh it's okay olivia munn is in that right no yep olivia wilde olivia Olivia wilde Wilde. yeah yeah olivia wilde i was gonna mix that yeah 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 i've never heard of that one so that was a a new one to me filmed i believe at revolution yeah i think so too yeah in chicago (laughs) so pretty cool movies the movie's only okay only only average but she's in it and she's adorable so Way better than that Netflix series about uh, somebody oh, yeah. and his brother running a, a brewery, oh, right? Oh, that yeah. The, that was what, the, the first year episode ago or two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some pandemic watching that was just regrettable. I yeah. I made it I made it five minutes before I said, nope, I'm done. We're moving on. I'm done. Can't do it. Turns out you can't make the league in the brewery. Um, I feel like that's what they were trying to do, especially when that guy was on the first episode. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. Crazy story. I got, I, I had like a Hollywood producer contact me during the pandemic and he was working on this script uh, about a brewery, but it was like a, a Breaking Bad type thing. And it was just <laughs> like, it, it, the, the things in the script, I was just like, oh man, like the, he's more they want to really make it like Yellowstone and Breaking Bad and it, it was just like I don't know about this man I don't know the <laughs> most exciting thing me, would... you know I'll, I'll, I'll consult or whatever yeah boy when it gets to boil it's gonna jump off real bad <laughs> during the episode oh shit yeah I yeah there, there's there's really not a a there are very few unsexier jobs when it really comes to what you're doing. Like no one just needs to see you sweating from milling in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So bad, much butt crack. Bad <laughs> double on bad double on trondos and stuff. Like yeah. That's what she called milling in, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh god. Oh, oh yeah. Crash <laughs> setting. Oh something man. Something real terrible. Crazy. Like that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Boy. liquor to grist. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, 
Well, this is why this is mostly why we had you on, Justin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to laugh at jokes and hang out. So perfect. Well, you know, we and I think we're going to be drinking a beer, right? That's that's true. We will. Oh Let's, shit, we are. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, you know, we started off a little more serious about trying to learn stuff, and then it's just devolved into shenanigans most of the time when visiting with people so you know um occasional tomfoolery yeah occasionally that's right um so i do want to ask uh, you know some obviously beer related questions and stuff so it's been almost two years probably since you were here um and in that time frame so let's just call it during the pandemic for the most part ha- has there been anything that's happened that was super out of left field that really surprised you either a sale or you know something that changed in standards or whatever in the industry that you thought this is surprising i did not see this coming oh yeah for sure um the bell sell for sure was was a bit of a surprise you kind of we we saw them putting together a succession plan but for them to sell and then for for it to be uh, a company that they they would end up going to the Reyes network in a lot of markets was was kind of surprising or you know consolidate because Larry was very anti Reyes beer beer division so mm-hmm. that that was super interesting and so yeah that stands out um, just kind of the the speed of the slowdown of hard seltzer that that was pretty surprising over the last year i think you know just it's something that hasn't really played in the on-premise i mean what are you going to do like how how many different flavors can you have you know in the on-premise so i i think that that's pretty interesting and i don't know there's just a ton of things i mean finally getting to a molson cores uh stone trial (laughs) like everybody forgot about it and it was like oh shit or sorry i can't can i cuss oh yeah no yeah swear away and and yeah no you're you're absolutely right i i completely forgot about that and so when that finally came through and how quickly the trial went frankly well tim you have a job so i mean you're not the poor demo of that trial you know (laughs) that's true (laughs) so yeah there's been quite a few things i mean uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? that's that's the one that I was really hoping you'd talk about was was Bell's because that was like the first beer we were ever going to do on the pod or we wanted to do on the pod. And then I can't get it out here in Washington. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe that sale gets it out here. But uh, that was uh, I was surprising. I was I didn't expect that. But then again, I don't know that much, so. That's why I wondered if it was surprising to you as well. So, yeah, I, it definitely was. Um, just the the whole succession planning thing is in. Just we've got. I guess we're of an age right now where there are so many of these like OG craft brewers who are aging out, and they don't necessarily have a filial successor. And waiting in the wings to take over. Larry sort of did it one time, and uh, I guess Laura wanted to do something else. So, yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, 
you've got New Belgium and Bells together now in a platform. And that that's another brewery that I would have been like, huh, oh, they sold. That, that was kind of a surprise, but we'd heard that they'd been shopped, but you, you never know until it actually happens, I guess. Yeah, the, the New Belgium one uh, surprised me more than anything just because they were uh, employee-owned. Uh, and you really don't see uh, <laughs> sales happen at quite like that in that scenario. So that one definitely uh, surprised me a little bit more. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I, you're seeing a number of these these people where, um, you know, if I'd grown up uh, and my mom or dad um, had started and owned this brewery, I think I'd probably realize I don't want to be in that game either. Uh, so I think even a lot of these family-owned ones, you're seeing a lot of these, these, you know, these progeny deciding, yeah, I need, I need to to find my own path. Well, and let's face it, in this industry, you know, you win the genetic lottery if, if you're the uh, family member of a wholesaler. So that, that, that's, that's the one you want to be the familial successor of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there have been, you know, there have been a few of those. I know we're going back a few years, but, you know, Boulevard sale was because there was no one in the family that wanted to keep doing it. Um you know, I'm sure shells will stay in in the the same family, but Jace Marty, the um, the heir apparent, the scion to to the Marty family, left shells here a couple like a year or two ago. So I, I think you're seeing people get out, and I think certainly, look at how many career changes happened for people during the pandemic in general, right? You know, people started to reevaluate what was important to them. Surprised it wasn't brewing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a grind of a business, you know, it's not meant for anyone to be in it that very long. I'm surprised Larry stuck around that long, but I'm sure having the pivot from COVID and then once he saw the co- once he saw the company actually get over the hump, I'm sure he was like, this is probably a good time to sell. <laughs> Yeah, and so, he mentioned that he had had some health issues in recent years. Yeah. So, you know, having that backup plan and the the person he has or that they have running it, Carrie Yunker, is is fantastic too. She's she's one of my favorite people in the industry, even though she gives me shit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure none of it well deserved. Yeah. <laughs> um. What so. You know, with this, with the pandemic, what has it been like covering this industry that has been, you know, had to spend two years learning how to can? Uh, um, <laughs> did they did they take those two years to learn how to can, or did they just start canning? Oh, I didn't say they did learn. Yeah, that's oh, true. Okay, they, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's, true. that's true. Yeah. So, what's it been like covering it the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, it. It's just so weird, really. I mean, it's a social industry in general and it's full of events. We've got CBC coming back again and just to be doing it all from home. And when, I, you know, when the pa- pandemic started, I was in a 450 square foot um, studio apartment and we, I've clearly since moved, but um, 
just very odd to be sort of isolated yourself in quarantine and then trying to talk to these people who are just like, I've got to pivot my entire business right now. And, you know, oh man, I've had to lay off all these people and, you know, we don't know if we're going to make it and are we going to get any help from the government? And so there's an entire cycle of those things. And then it's like, oh, so we're reopening. So what does that mean? And what does that look like? And how do you reopen safely? And am I going to get sued? <laughs> and it's like all these issues, like I never thought I was going to be covering a pandemic when I became the, you know, a reporter and then later an editor at Brewbound. But, you know, here we are. It's like every year it's like, oh, uh, you know, wildfires or whatever. It's like you don't think about these things that end up touching it and then war in Ukraine now. And so you've got all these businesses that are pulling out of Russia, including Ball. And I can't remember the percentage, but a certain percentage of cans, aluminum cans, come from Ball's factories in Russia. And so you've got an industry that uh, is struggling to get cans already, uh, Ball's all oversold, and then they're going to be selling off uh, these businesses in Russia. And so even more of a can crunch and then supply chain inflation. So it all comes back and it's like, oh, well, your beer is going to cost a little bit more. Yeah, that that ball thing, uh, that news about ball, you know, pulling out of Russia just on the heels of one of the biggest kind of impactful decisions I've seen in, in canning beer and ever since people started putting it into cans, just literally coming on the heels of that. That one has me probably a little bit more spooked than anyone. So while everyone was pretending to learn how to can, maybe they they shouldn't. <laughs> Bottles are great. Yeah. Hey, twenty-two ounce bombers may come back. You never know. Uh, I'm I'm hoping they all come in mylar pouches, a la Capri Sun. I think that's <laughs> that's the next. We already have beer slushies. You silly yeah. ass rabbit. I know. I know. Well, and there's a beer cocktails. Making... <laughs> yeah, there, there's a company making uh, sugar brew uh, pouches called Sun Ice with the uh, that are resealable and you so you can put your straw in or you can add more liquor or ice cubes or whatever so yeah they went the pouch route that sounds fucking horrible <laughs> fuck my life dude really <laughs> like like what if i spill the pouch sorry i spilled a pouch of beer on myself let me well. clean myself up and get a new pouch <laughs> i love it I, ho I hope they use clear ziploc bags so they can also get light struck while while they're they're drinking i think that would be great well, yeah <laughs> whatever you're trying to show what do i know pouch Oh, just stab it through the middle, right there. Tilt it. Snip the corner and then whip open the Ziploc part. Oh my no. goodness! No innovation, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, any anything kind of exciting or new or surprising that came out of the pandemic that that you were surprised by? Hmm. Uh things that I would be surprised coming out of the pandemic. Uh, my real surprise is that there weren't more breweries that closed. And thankfully that there weren't, although we've seen sort of like an uptick this year in the number of closures, or at least it feels that way. And we'll see yep. how it like pans out overall. But 
just really the resiliency, you know, like people found better ways to, or not better ways, but found ways to sell beer, you know, whether it's curbside pickup or whatever. And, uh, you know, there was some, I won't say that like people really came out and supported their local breweries, you know, because it's been a slog the last few years, but you know, it, it, it's been enough that a lot of companies made it, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you go back to our first episodes, I predicted a lot of doom and gloom uh, for all of this because I didn't know if the government was going to come through with, with providing support. I think the PPP funds alone provided a lot of relief for some of these breweries. Uh, Now that said, I I agree. My perception uh, is that we've seen an uptick in closures as well. Um, And I've kind of wondered if some of that PPP fund didn't just kick the can down the road a little bit. So instead of, you know what I mean? Like instead of taking all of those money, that money and, and investing it in, ways to help their their company survive differently Mm -hmm. they just use that money to stay business as usual and now that we're on the other side of that you know some some businesses that might have been hurting before um are kind of back to hurting and probably even in a worse spot yeah modern times (laughs) well they have a it's not just a money problem it's a personal problem but yeah exactly yeah i mean they literally boat raced five places to be open and unfortunately right when they were in the middle of opening three simultaneous places uh the pandemic hits and so that ppp money definitely just opened up santa barbara um got their places open but it was all for naught yeah i mean they're still open but i mean you know that's been one of the more wild stories to come out as well is just the fallout from the toxic workplace allegations against modern times. The founder steps back. They've got all of these notes that are coming due from their uh, ESOP that go back to the founder and his dad and his brother and just, you know, layoffs after layoffs. And then the closure of, I, I, I think it was what, four tap rooms um oakland santa barbara portland i think one more uh and well regardless regardless yeah yeah Yeah. i mean the portland one is huge because Mm -hmm. i thought that portland was supposed to stabilize them because they had their production up here but kind of portland was a cool one-off place sold a lot of memberships just being there they got a, they had to get a great deal from the brewery that the commons, which obviously they closed and they moved into that building. It was all set up. And then I don't know. That's uh, yeah. That's one of my colleague, Jess Infante's favorite terms is hermit crabbing of, of breweries. Like one leaves <laughs> and another one comes in. And I had been to the commons uh, before Me too. Uh, it became modern times and man, the one thing that place lacked was air conditioning and you, you knew oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think, mod- I think someone's going to have to tell this modern time story um, and get some people on the record about what was happening. I mean, just word of mouth through San Diego. 
there definitely was a lot of people going, how are they doing all of this and juggling all these places? And Anaheim's been in the works for five years. And that's a lot to juggle, not being open, permits, all that. Then you hear they're opening in Oakland and Santa Barbara and you're just, yeah. And then they, you know, they sold memberships, which the membership selling is, I don't think a lot of people realize that it's a lot of way to get money up front for breweries so they can do these projects. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of facets to that story. I hope someone gets Jacob on the record one day. It'll be interesting to see who they entertain as a potential buyer because they put it out there through good beer hunting that they're for sale. And so, and they've said, you know, they would take on an investor if they, they could, you know, but they, and they like the idea of some type of brewery platform, but who knows, you know, who's in the market to, to buy a modern times at, at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kings and convicts, maybe, maybe they can they can pull another one of these. these Dude, they already bought Saint Archer. They bought Saint Archer, so now they have more space. I don't know. It's ridiculous because they're Saint Archer in Miramar and Bows Point in Miramar are literally down the road from each other. So it's literally like they just bought more space down the road. So I don't know. I wish I made wine in a box. That's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money. Come on. Where's this money coming from? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. There's there's certainly a lot. You know, I I, I did expect to see probably more kind of mergers and acquisitions. One I wanted to to uh, touch on uh, was Monster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Talk about another oh. uh, shock. You knew that Monster was looking to get in alcohol, but you didn't know how. And then for Canarchy to be the way was like, oh, okay. That, that was a bit of a surprise. Oh, didn't... you didn't think uh, Dale's Pale Ale with Monster? Do it. Come on, <laughs> blend it right now. Well, wasn't it also during the pandemic that was it, it was three weavers bought back out of Canarchy? Yeah. yeah. So did like they know this was coming with Canarchy, <laughs> so they got back out, or you know, well, Canarchy had to been, find out how all that happened. Yeah, Canarchy was being shopped for a while, and even after they were making deals, I, I was hearing things like, "So everything is for sale. Like you yep. could buy it piecemeal, or you could buy it buy it all." And it's like, well, they just made these deals. Why? What, what are we selling here? You know, like, but um, yeah. So, and then Monster gets basically all of its alcohol infrastructure in like one fail swoop. So, yeah, I mean, it was from my, you know, belief, it was a really smart move by Monster. It was just really, really, really amazingly surprising. And I was surprised at how is this, am I just being naive or did that price tag seem low? Are you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you buy all those tasting rooms all the space. I mean, they got it for the cheap, right? I mean, Canarchy, I mean, there's no, I'm sure Canarchy was looking as a whole for their portfolio and being like, where are we going with this? And now Monster just gets to stamp all their tasting rooms and get all that warehouse space, all that equipment. Yeah. 
licenses, employees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Licenses. The licenses is like huge. They don't have to go through any of those processes from day one. They can just simply take it over. All uh, the intellectual property, if they want to sell off any of it, they can be like, eh, we've got these, you know, we got the factories. That's what more do we want? You know, it, it, because they're looking to make alcoholic beverages branded, uh, not monster branded, but. Oh, we're not going to get hard monster. I was going really to say, we, we, we've got you want hard oh, monster geez. in your mouth. That's... You want, do you want red hard monster in your mouth or green red monster, hard monster in your mouth? I mean, Open we... up. Oh, Jesus. Uh... I'll accept none of the what? above. Stone, Stone said. Open up your mouth and let the arrogant bastard pour down your throat. Yeah. Um, what are uh, we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. This is called marketing, guys. That's the wrong monster. Uh, <laughs> it was a very, very good joke. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you, you did get hard Mountain Dew, and, and Mountain Dew has had a complicated history with, with how they want to approach... Uh, alcohol back when i was working with them they absolutely did not want to do mountain dew as alcohol because they realized all of like their their primary audience was like 15 year old boys and they didn't want to be looking at like they were uh-huh. they were marketing the next joe camel <laughs> yeah exactly uh but obviously uh they've changed their tune quite a bit so uh does anyone yeah. think that the hard Mountain Dew cans look like an affliction t-shirt uh from 2010. Yeah, because um, because because that's what the 15-year-olds that were drinking Code Red 10 years ago wear now. I, I see Ed Hardy, but yes, I'll, I'll give you affliction. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know there was a difference. Oh, it's called rhinestones, Tim. Um, You're not still shopping at the buckle? Um still implies that i did um hot topic i have more of an uh, of wardrobe by archer farms (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um yeah i mean i i I think i think the the that one really really surprised me um just had another one there were a couple other but i i guess i am surprised that there weren't even more going on but with so much uncertainty with RTD, you know, cocktails in a can and, and all these other kind of things coming on. And then, like you said, kind of the hard pumping of brakes on seltzer. I think there's still probably enough places that are a little bit more gun shy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd say pumping of the brakes because there's still an endless supply of hard seltzer that's on the way and new ones. And to me, the the real issue with hard seltzer is that there's no brand building. Like it's just on to the next thing. It's all locus, you know, like you're white claw surf. Yeah, like it's a new brand. We're gonna mix these three fruits together and then <laughs> it's on to the next. It, you know, it's there's just no singular brand that stands out so and then there's no brand loyalty yeah there might be some you know truly loyalty or white claw loyalty but how long can you like keep mixing up flavor combos you know that that's the biggest problem i see is just the 
the brand building issues. I, I can't. They haven't put Dorito dust in them yet, so there's still places to go. <laughs> Aaron, you, you, know, sh- you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything Rich, is everything truly? at this point. Maybe, maybe that's one of the most surprising things that came out of this pandemic is just like everybody's like, we're just going all in. It's like Pepsi is like, we'll give you all our brands and you can put it, whatever alcohol in them you want, you know, or I guess monsters being, you know, so conservative and not, and not using the monster name, but just everything is sort of, it, we hear about convergence or blurring the lines and it's, it's happening and it's weird. And it's like, we're going to get to the point is like does any of this mean anything well i i keep on i keep on waiting for a couple of of products to come out the first one is beer flavored hard seltzer Mm, i I think i think that's when we're going to come full circle is when they Mm. make a beer flavored hard seltzer they made some ipa hard seltzer right right but then i also think i think uh um na hard seltzer is something oh. that I think is a brand extension for them. And you can say, Tim, that's just LaCroix. I'm like, yeah, but I can charge a lot more uh, <laughs> per case on an NA hard seltzer than I can on, on a sparkling water. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see some of those. But yeah, beer flavored seltzer, that's when we come full circle. And I'm going to call it here right now. By 2025, you see, uh, if not sooner, uh, a beer flavored hard seltzer. Oh. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, there are hop waters. So right. Yeah, right. hop waters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, yeah, and I've seen I've seen uh plenty of dry hopped hard seltzers out there too. Um I'm like, you guys know Pilsners exist, right? Like we could you could just go drink some of those, please. That's hard, Tim. <laughs> That's hard to make. How dare you suggest that? Yeah. I believe Willie's uh, Superbrew is also like barrel aging hard seltzer. Oh, yeah. We have a brewery in San Diego that's doing barrel aged seltzers. And, you know, it's not my, I just don't swing that way. But I was like, interesting. Cool. <laughs> you don't sound very sincere about that being interesting. Hmm, this is an audio medium, right? <laughs> Nobody can see my face, right? Um, so that kind of makes me think of a question when you talk about the slowdown of seltzer and, and all of that. And right uh, after the first of this year, we got an opportunity to have our first NA beer on the pod. Um, and that's supposedly this growing market. Um, we've, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so we, we got a chance to try the Deschutes NA beer before it was actually released. Uh, nice. um, and it was, very, very good if you haven't had it yet. But I mean, what do you see in that market? I see a lot of potential. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Athletic. We named Athletic our craft brewery of the year, and they crossed 100,000 barrels last year, which is like, what? Like, very surprising. And they were just named to times like 100, what is it? It was like the time 100 most uh, influent not, yeah. I don't know. business. Like, I don't know. Good it's like the 10 time 100 companies to watch or something. Basically yeah. that's verbatim. Yeah. That's perfect. They, they put, they put that on the award when they give it to you. The times yeah. hundred under a hundred. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I think that 
I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, it's it's helpful to a new dad to have an option that tastes like a hazy or a light beer, you know, when, you know, it's just you and your partner and, you know, a screaming three month old and you, you got to switch off, you know, I, my, my days of uh, the uh, double IPAs and triple IPAs are, are waning to say the least, uh, at least in the current environment. So Oh, when, when my kid was born, I just switched straight to black tar heroin. I thought that was going to be a way, mm, a faster okay, way yeah. to, to mm. turn off all of the noise. Yeah. yeah, That is a good plan. Mm. <laughs> I will take that under advisement. I, I, I would suggest you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the NA is interesting to me. I think the question I have about it, um, not that it's, you know, like you said, seltzer isn't pumping the brakes. That was that was not quite what I said, but or what I should have said. But um, it, it seems to work better when you've got kind of these one or two big brands. Because what I've found is every brewery seemed to jump in on making a hard seltzer, but very few of these small craft breweries have found a lot of success with with hard seltzer. Because you're not going to outsell White Claw and Truly. It's basically White Claw and Truly and all the others. And I've seen breweries get into NA production, even on a, on a small scale here. Um, but it's not easy to make a good one yet. And there's so there's a lot of shitty ones out there. It's a lot of effort that you can't charge the premium price point that you can on an actual beer on. Is it going to be something like seltzer where NA continues to have a lot of legs, has a ton of potential, a lot of growth, but it's still only going to be, you know, a handful of big guys that are really going to be able to win at that. I think that might be fair. Uh, You know, uh, I, I mean, I like it as, you know, a taproom mixer, you know, where you're pacing yourself between drinks or something like that. You know, I think it works in that regard. Um, Do I think that, you know, it can it be like the overall craft beer market i I don't know i i I honestly don't know but you've got a a player like athletic that seemingly came out of nowhere in five years and is you know upwards of a hundred thousand barrels now so it can be done um but and i wouldn't classify athletic necessarily as one of as a big guy you know like they've gotten a lot of investment and they have you know breweries on each coast but i mean they're not heineken you know and they're not anheuser-busch not yet yeah so i find with the not the na stuff is is that it's it's a lot of brand confusion for me because i'm having a hard time when a brewery spins off like their na or their heart seltzer i've find no connection for myself like as a consumer with that brand unless I follow them super closely so it's 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 really weird for me that every brewery has like an RTD a seltzer and then they'll do like an NA but the ones that are doing it with like not under their brewery brand I just find it to be very confusing for me so it's like I want that consistency like Sierra Nevada just 
they did their hop water and it's like, it's Sierra Nevada hop water. I'm like, okay, yeah, that I trust that brand. Like, let me do that. But then again, if I go and, you know, for example, like I was at Second Chance and then they have a heart seltzer brand and I'm like, oh, I have no recognition and no tie to that. Like, it's cool that they're doing that, but I kind of feel like there's no story being dragged along with the NA and seltzer brands. It's just like, here's, here's, here's a seltzer to break up your double IPA. I don't know how sustainable that is. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think it's a, a really good point. You know, like one brewery that I think is, has done fairly well in the NA space is Brooklyn, honestly, because uh, they're, NA beers from a branding standpoint have the same look and feel. They came out with a variety pack. So you actually got, can get, you know, try four at a time. Now, some of my favorite ones don't really taste anything like beer, but I thought they were really nice, refreshing uh, drinks. Um, I, but yeah, I think there is a really good point that, that I don't know if it's, if, if the right play is to, uh, tie it really closely to your brewery's branding or to, to push it so further away that it, it doesn't seem connected at all. I mean, like athletic athletic is an NA brewery. They're not a brewery trying to make NA beer. And I think because of that, now, if a, if a big brewer came in and bought athletic, then it might be a little bit different, but I don't know. I think it works in regards to like the shoots with black Butte. You know, mm -hmm. I think that works. I, yeah. I think, I think you're right. Sierra Nevada, hop water, that works, you know? So I think tying it to the brewery, the overall brewery. Yeah. Um, big fan of special effects. I think that, that that's pretty phenomenal as well. So. Aaron, do you have any thoughts on any beer? Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's I, the correct I, answer, Aaron. I mean, I'll, I'll stand that the, uh, the Black Butte is in a is very good. I mean, it's it it tastes really good. It's it's good. So to me, that's the most beer flavored that I've had. Yeah, um, that's good. So many what? of so many of them, I think. Like I said, oh. they're, they're not. So many of them are just downright offensive. And then yeah, some, exactly. some, some, and the ones that aren't necessarily <laughs> offensive, kind of like what I said about Brooklyn. It's good. It's not terribly beer like to me but it's good. Uh, but then some of them, I mean, there's some that just taste like unfermented words. Yeah. That's uh, not yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the challenges being able to make a good one and not everybody can make a good one. I had somebody pitch me like uh, the founder story and, and this was a new brand that was like available in one state was like, Oh, the founder, um, couldn't find a really good non-alcoholic beer and decided to make uh. his own and then they send it and there's like nothing but off flavors and it's mm -hmm. like your, your yeah. beer tastes like or your non-alc beer tastes like wet cardboard you know <laughs> you've got a problem here you know I, I, I hate to be the guy that tell you that but that's your problem is you, you've got off flavors and you're what? And you've got to you got to pasteurize it because it doesn't have that alcohol yes, to keep it safe. Exactly. And a lot of places don't have that, or if they do, I, pasteurizing will prematurely age a beer. It holds on to oxidative stability better, but the, but it will prematurely age it. And 
you know, just like every guy who thinks that he should get into brewing shouldn't, I think every, any, you know, <laughs> but my homebrew tastes good, Tim. Fuck you. I've won so many fucking awards with this Belgian triple. You jerk. Just yeah. because you can make something doesn't mean you should make something, I guess. This podcast yeah. is it a perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, right. How many people, <laughs> Justin, how many people just pitch you? You sound like it sounds terrible. People pitch you all these <laughs> terrible ideas. And you just have to go, thanks, bro. <laughs> oh, God, we get pitched all the time. Thankfully, like I've, I've got two two colleagues in Jess and Zoe. So. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't want to be pitched to. It's like when a, a family member finds out that you like beer and they're like, guess what I got you? I got you a Groupon that you can get a flight and you can get a tour and then you get a t-shirt at the end of the tour and you're like, thanks. Like, but yeah. I don't like this brewery. I've gotten but so- you like beer. Yeah, I've gotten so many warm six packs that sat <laughs> wrapped under the fridge for weeks on, or under the tree, not in the fridge. <laughs> under, the fridge. <laughs> under the yeah, not in the fridge, under the tree. We do Christmas a little bit different here in Minnesota. We all yeah, sit around the fridge. Nineteen thirties fridges. We do, we do. Jesus. I I actually have to go outside and grab a new chunk of ice and bring it back in just to keep things cold. Him, nice. I sent you that Bud Light Platinum Warm, you know, to so you could put it on your porch and get it cold during the winter time. Oh no, I I I found once the weather warmed up here, I found uh, beer on my porch that I had completely forgotten about and gotten covered by like <laughs> like all the boxes from Christmas that it's like oh it's too cold to take that out to recycling. I'm gonna just throw it on the porch and then when the weather got nice and started breaking down boxes like oh no there's beer that has very clearly been frozen let's give this a try because i hate Mm. myself do you guys also get the uh questions from like family members or somebody like they'll bring up a brewery name and if you don't know Mm -hmm. it they'll be like i thought you knew beer (laughs) i know it's like a challenge you know like my dad will send me articles (laughs) like during the me too stuff he like sent me a bunch of articles. He's like, oh my God, do you know what's going on in beer? There's <laughs> terrible things happening. I'm like, yeah, I know, dad. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. No, I I, I think uh, just like even here, people ask me, hey, have you been to this brewery? Have you been to this brewery? Have you been to this brewery? And I'm like, no. When I get done from work, I go home. I don't go to another brewery. The last thing I want to do is be around another brewery. Uh, Tim, don't tell everybody our secret. (laughs) But uh, um, Anya does bring up another thing that kind of happened since we last talked to you. And and it was a a very big deal. And I am afraid it's already kind of gotten swept under the rug uh, a little bit. No way. And she, yeah, right. And, you know, she even alluded to it earlier as some of the, the problems when, when discussing modern times. But, you know, beer had its own Me Too movement that um, kind of shook things up for a little while. But then, you know, Anya, I'm impressed that your dad knew about it because it seems like just about anyone I talked to had, you know, no clue any of these things were going. So what? It's because all beer people are good people, Tim. 99% asshole free. 
Not, oh yeah, like beer. I mean, beer doesn't have bad things in it. What are we talking <laughs> about here? There have been no consequences from drinking beer ever. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, yes. I, mean, I, I would say as a sorry, but as a guy who's not really in the industry, I mean this is as close to being in the industry as I get. If I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't have heard about any of it. You know, so your average consumer, I don't think mm-hmm. knows anything at all about it. You know, so I mean, they don't know anything about founders either. Yeah. No, yeah. I, that's what I mean. There, there's they're not they're not plugged into that stuff. So there's no real consequence to those breweries Mm -hmm. when it comes to, if they make a good beer, they're just going to keep chugging along because nobody really knows it's happening. Yeah. The brewing world is really small and really insular and the people that are in it uh, really think that's what the world is. And so I don't know that people understand (laughs) that it's not. And a key point to that is the people who were called out in the me too stuff like once you're a brewer like you can pretty much stay a brewer whether you're lazy an asshole you've sexually harassed someone you can just move on to the next place i mean all you have to do is just wait for it to calm down just take a six-month hiatus whatever i I just i just want to make sure that that it's clear that when i said at the top of the pod that i'm changing jobs that that is not what is going on (laughs) yes i am lazy and yes i am an asshole uh but that's not what is the point Uh, yeah yeah no i think you're skipping the hiatus yeah Yeah, it's just incredibly incestuous because once one person vouches for you in beer, you, the doors are open. Like you can go through no matter what. Well, and one of the things with this particular movement was what you found was a lot of the people own companies. So if you yes. own your own company, what's, what's your alternative? So you sell the company or you step back, but you're still profiting. So really like what, what's been done, you know, you're still profiting from the brewery. So I, I think that's one of the, the lingering things that came out of it was like a lot of what happened was in ownership. I mean, I, I know you guys did report on it. Was it, a, it's not like, for a lot of reasons, people weren't necessarily forthcoming, right? You know, a lot of the posts were anonymous intentionally, which is important to protect people's safety for sure. Um, but I mean, they can't even, even been an easy, just because of the, the nature of this industry that, that had it been difficult for you guys to get any more information than, than uh, <laughs> what was already kind of just generically floating around in, in the mill. I think one of the difficult things about reporting on it was that you had so many anonymous stories come out and then as a journalist, you want to verify them. And then people would be on the outside saying, why aren't you doing anything? And it'd be like, well, we have to verify these things, you know, well, they're, they're out there on this Instagram forum. And it's like, yeah, but we don't know who this is or, you know, what they're saying, but then, you know, more and more would come out and you know 
somebody would say there would be an apology and or there would be specifics that we would be able to report on and Jess Infante I, I should mention did a fantastic job covering it uh, she did not that she would want credit but she deserves credit for her part in covering that speaking out moment uh, along with Beth Demon and uh, Kate Bernat from Good Beer Hunting. Um, they all did a wonderful job of being able to ferret out those stories. So, and it, honestly, I mean, even before like um, uh, Rat Magnet was reporting these, you had the, the stories that were coming out of Boulevard. So yeah. it, that was like a mini precursor to this whole other movement that ended up being much larger. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it was pretty terrible because I knew a lot of the San Diego stories. So I already knew it. Um, but I mean, from a reporting standpoint, it is different. I think a lot of people got a template apology. I spent a lot of breweries saw you know, a template apology, and we're still seeing it today. You get an HR manager, we'll get an HR department was a, a huge one. Uh, we'll get an HR department finally, fine. Uh, you know, we'll set up a, a DEI uh, resources. Uh, we'll do this anonymous resource thing. So it, even though it was anonymous, like, you, if you work in the industry, you've heard these things before. And so for me, it was a disconnect between, obviously I've heard all these things and I didn't, it didn't deter me from coming to, into the industry, but it was, it was like really sad to see like all of that. And it's, but it's really sad to see that nothing's really changed. Like people just have moved on and let's go to CBC in Minneapolis. So I don't know what, I, I honestly don't know like what change has really happened since then. Yeah, that's <laughs> nothing, frankly, right? I mean, you know. what consequences did somebody, ha they had to step down? Okay, like where did, where did they go brew next? That's my question. Like where are they own ownership next? Where are they consulting next? Because these people like didn't, either they retired on the money they got, if they're an owner, or they just like are in the background doing whatever they want to do and not posting it on Instagram. Like don't post your collabs on Instagram with problematic people. I mean, this is all still going on. Yeah, I, I mean, even the things with BrewDog are, are still going on and that, that's- That's been years. A whole other story of what's come out post uh, BBC documentary, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, we definitely have a bro culture. It's very funny that craft likes to, you know, define itself against, um, you know, a Keystone drinker, for instance. Um, Employed making less than $30,000. Yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> you're very much on top of that, that, that key right there, which I appreciate, but that, you know, it, it you know, I, I think so many places have kind of rested on the, well, we're not those douchebags, 
well, no, we're, we're, we're black is beautiful, Tim. Yeah, you. yeah. I just say we we're love not, black people. We're not those douchebags. We're these douchebags. It, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, there's a difference. There's a nuance there, right? Like it's, it's dumb, but yeah. Well, and, and I, I think one of the saddest things for me is you, you go to these conferences. Uh, you know, you go to CBC, and it, the, the workshops that Dr. J puts on you know at least in the early days like when when i went to them that they weren't super well attended and that that to me was one of the most striking things is come on we know that this industry has issues and the lightly attended sessions it, it was depressing to say the least yeah i went to one of dr j's first uh uh presentations when she joined uh uh, the association because uh, the Minnesota Brewers Guild had her in here for a technical conference and they gave her a lousy time slot. They had it like opposing with so many other really kind of neat things. And um, it was better attended than I thought, but it was still way under attended when I know what all the rest of the, 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 the breakouts were doing at that exact same time. Um was it dry hopping day two fermentation practices? <laughs> Was that going on at the same time? Pro- probably. I'm being really sarcastic, by the way, but that's the only way like I can like deal with this is like just straight sarcasm and passive aggressiveness because it's like it's just too sad to think about. But at the same time, like you kind of see there's the same things happening over and over again, and you're just like. All right, you know, just all right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, mean, well, I, I hope the lesson out of this is that there isn't a license for bad behavior because that, that shouldn't be the lesson out of this. Like, no, I, not, not that there are a ton of positive spins to put on any of this. I will say that, like, here in Minnesota, um, a collective of women brewers across the state have come together to release beers together and raise like to really kind of highlight how many women are actually in craft beer and not just in sales. Cause like typically, you know uh, if you say you're, you're a woman and you work at a brewery, they think you work at the tap room or that you're in sales and marketing. They don't think that you brew. Right. And so they've really kind of worked together to do that. And that's been neat to see there just needs to be so much more and that is a great you know thing it's not on women to fix the problem with men in the industry and i think i think that's probably the biggest thing that is a challenge is that uh the best thing is to come out of this is highlighting some of the amazing women in the industry without really men doing a better share on on their end um because it's not the women that are the problem. So uh, enough with the soapbox, although unless Anya, you have anything else you want to say with more sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> not right now, Tim, but I'll, I'll let you know if I do. Okay. Aaron, right. Aaron well, is a bearded white man. You want to chime in on that? No, no, I do not. As a bearded white man, have anything to say on that <laughs> other than the very simple fucking dudes be better um you know so 
we we need to get to the beer probably um and then uh i have a question not the question because i mean justin answered the question of you know desert island beers the first time he was on the pod so we won't hit him with that one again but i, I have a question i want you to think about while we're grabbing the beer here and in our, our intermission break here um if there was one story and, and let's try to make it a, a positive story of some sort for beer that you would hope that would happen that you could cover and it's like this is journalism gold this is this would be great if this happened i want to hear about what that would be when we come back it's called a tease ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right. you're gonna hear from our sponsors revelton distilling and anybody else that we've got going on and check out the tailgate society.com we'll be right back with our beer and justin's answer to that question this podcast of the tailgate society is sponsored by revelton distilling company when Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. So they opened Revelton Distillery, where they offer a family of products including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery store. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsor, Revelton Distilling in Osceola, Iowa. Um, so I asked Justin a question of like the pie in the sky story that he would want to cover that could come out of the brewer industry that would just be either really fun or just, you know, something that would be really exciting or different or whatever kind of open-ended question in that regard. But uh, what did you come up with? Oh God, <laughs> I wanted to keep it positive and it's not going to be super sexy or anything like that. I'm just going to say that beer and craft beer achieves a level of growth above 2019 levels because it's been sort of doldrums over the last couple of years with the pandemic. So I will say that it achieves, you know, double di digit growth above 2019. How about that? Is is that positive? I mean, that's fair. I was hoping you'd come up with like stone cold releases of seltzer. Oh God. <laughs> hey, wow. maybe. He just yeah. came out so, with his lager. So yeah. does he have a lager now? He so, has an American lager, yeah. Is 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 Greg Cook gonna sue him next then? Hey, the <laughs> fucking oh, man. yeah. Okay. Well the I, he does keep his uh, WWE name away from the beer, right? It's oh. just like Steve Austin's Broken well, Skull, whatever. He so actually does a podcast for WWE, and he always features that can on, like the guests often like drink a Broken Skull with him. So um, they're definitely like capitalizing on that part. I mean, El Segundo is, it's crazy. They say, I mean- Good Beer Hunting came out. I didn't read the story, but I'm sure that every time he shows up with a Broken Skull IPA, they just explode. So I read the story and they do. And I'm, <laughs> I've got WrestleMania on in the background. Me too. I'm, I'm uh, behind though. He'll be smashing beers, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. The end of this, so. yeah. I did not realize that was, is that today? 
it's Today and two tomorrow. parts now. Ugh. Oh, really? They need to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I forgot that you were a wrestling person too, Anya. So. Oh yeah, like uh, I'm WWE Raw uh, to Degeneration X, uh, the Corporation. I'm that far back. <laughs> I love that. I love wrestling. I was I was just nice. throwing in Stone Cold to throw Justin a bone because JT wasn't here to talk wrestling at all with him. So I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And so jealous of that good beer hunting story. It's like ah, I know you. Come on. Yeah. Where where was it? I think a three-month-old Stone Cold stunnered it out of me. <laughs> I actually have a buddy who said that, and it's a good friend of mine. We watch wrestling a lot, and he said that he was sitting next to Stone Cold in the airport, and he's drinking craft beer at the bar. And Stone Cold was like, "Hey, what breweries do you like?" And they got in a discussion about craft beer, and he's like, "I want my own brand." And so, like, let me know, like, who you think is a good brand. And so I love that story. Like, if you see Stone Cold's Instagram, like, he goes to El Segundo on the regular. I mean, it's great. I'm going to make a beer called Keystone Cold. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just saw someone post about a a very clear Bud Light parody. I'm like, oh, someone's searching for a C&D, apparently. Um, I saw Sapporo parody just now. I'm like... Oh, the, bu- the Bud, comma... Uh, bud, bud, bud Right. Bud Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, one other thing before we jump into this, uh, Justin, I did want to ask uh, to kind of get us positive again, too. Stone Cold IPA. Wait, wait. No. Can I think cold, Justin cold for, Can I think Justin for something? No. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for Razier, thanks for Razier Bolton. Uh, oh, yeah. Zaga loved him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why didn't she thank us? We're Iowa State grads. So oh no, because she, she no. doesn't because she doesn't No. She doesn't like uh, us. I'm happy for Razier after what he had to go through. Oh yeah, season, so he's a great guy, great great kid. So yeah, two I mean, and I, whatever two and twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, the one other thing I I, I did want to say. So you'd mentioned uh, your colleague Justin Fonte. You mentioned uh, Kate uh, Bernat. You mentioned Beth Demon. All great great Twitter followers. Um. I'm on a hiatus from Twitter because uh, it sucks my will to live some days. Um, but uh, who who do you like on on in beer Twitter that you're that Ugh. that you would want to shout out aside from from those folks? Huh. Oh boy, uh, bitter units. Oh yes. yeah, bitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that should be like the the Simpsons. You just splice it in over my mouth. <laughs> Better units. <laughs> That'll do. Like, I, I honestly try not to engage because it goes way far off the rails for what I have uh, any tolerance for. So I, I don't really, I, I'm not really a social media person per se so like i have all of it and don't 
necessarily use it all the time. So, but um, if I had to choose, I, you know, I follow Bart, you know, Bart Watson from the BA. That's probably my favorite follow uh, him and Lester Jones from the NBWA, just, just because it actually relates to my job. So it's helpful. Yeah, Justin, that's a boring answer. It really is. Uh, should I say, like, really don't boring. drink beer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, kids, in 2005, a guy created a blog making fun of beer. Don't drink beer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, slammed founders yesterday. So, or, yeah, April 4th. April Fool's. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I had to remember what Twitter? day it was. <sighs> Who knows? What is beer Twitter even? There's no such thing as beer Twitter. No, there isn't. No, there's just a lot of people yelling at this point, arguing over sandwiches more than anything. So, um, but no, can we I talk about the- kids in tap rooms for a minute? <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you know, if I see one more five year old running around, jumping around, I'm gonna freaking, I'm just kidding. I don't, I actually want to start the conversation of, of uh, kids drinking flights in tap rooms. I think that's probably <laughs> the better way to do it. Uh, <laughs> it's in really? flights. Let me talk it is about child that. size. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Their tiny hands can hold those things, so that works. We had soda flights when we were a kid. We just mixed them all together, though. If you remember that. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That's what we did after every t-ball game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, which is still better than some of the pastry stouts I've had. Uh, hey But any hoozle, we've got a beer to drink. So it is a, read the can to be specific, citrus wheat ale, and it is 5% ABV. It is by a brewery that we have had on the pod two or three times now, I think. You might have heard of them. They're a real up-and-comer brewery called Sierra Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we were going to drink Sunny Little Thing tonight. Um, Justin, this was kind of your pick. You gave us a bunch of options, but uh, any specific reason that this was one of them? Sessionable. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. It's a good reason. When the crying starts at around midnight or, you know, 5 a.m. or whenever I want to be able to get up and take care of it. <laughs> You're crying or the baby? <laughs> Me, mostly. Literally, this is what's so sad is I literally just assumed he meant him until he finally finished the sentence. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, let's. You wouldn't be wrong. Let's let's go ahead and and, uh, and crack into this thing. Unless there's anything else you want to talk to say about this beer, uh, Justin or anyone, I guess. It smells incredible. When you're, I opened it, like you're you're getting ahead. Oh, have sorry. You, have you ever listened? I'm supposed to, to be JT. Sorry, sorry. Have you ever well, listened then you to this podcast? Smell anything? Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. If you're a JT, you would have no sense of smell because yeah, of allergies. That's... Even in the middle of winter, allergies. I think JT is allergic to his cats and doesn't know it. Oh, I know. Oh. That's a thousand percent true. That is wow. a thousand percent How do you have true. Allergies in December. But there's zero wow. pollen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's go Shout ahead. Shout out to JT. Sorry. <laughs> let's go ahead and, and, and crack into this one. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and start with Aroma, since someone is very eager to talk about that. Anya. Anya, what are you getting on the nose of this thing? It honestly smells like fresh squeezed oranges. Um, sidebar, if you drink orange juice with pulp you are a fucking psycho and stay the fuck away from me okay because that's psycho behavior to want pulp in your orange juice i know what i'm having in my fridge when you come. <laughs> just a row of orange juice with pulp. that is coming out swinging on an orange juice tape Wow. I'm in wow. orange juice. I see you, you son of a bitch. Boy, there's a lot of things that you get kind of uh, oh. sarcastic and, and, and uh, angry about. I didn't see orange juice on the list. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> God damn it. If there's any pulp in her mimosa, you're fucking dead. Dude, by the way, a little bit of orange juice in my mimosa. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Just a little bit. Spray it. Spray it on top. Just spray bottle. Yeah, and, and, there and you then, go. So and then you instead call of call it a mimosa. And yeah, then it, exactly. instead, instead of champagne, it's just straight grain alcohol. Just. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, yeah, JT would agree with me that straight grain alcohol is amazing. Okay, so fresh squeezed oranges. Uh, I get that a ton. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. I agree. Aaron, anything else to add? No, I mean, that's pretty spot on. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, Justin, I'm not even going to ask you. There's really nothing else to say about this one. No. Um, uh, Aaron, you're looking at it. What are you getting visually from this thing? Um, so it's a nice light golden color. Um, you know, um, in that it's got, you know, like a real gold to it. It's not a, a yellow. It's a. It's really is more of a gold to me, but it's not very dark. I mean, in in that shade, it's pretty light. Um, it's clear. Um, I got a nice head on it when I poured it out. Good carbonation. Uh, I'm still getting stuff up, you know, coming out of it now. And I've poured, you know, it's been sitting for five or so minutes at least. So um before we started so um yeah it looks looks really nice and it looks very appetizing as far as wanting to be able to drink it justin anything you would add not really i mean it's 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 cloudy it's, you know got that orange juicy look to it is it hazy i mean it is a little thing a little hazy <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it is nice because you know they do say citrus wheat ale and i've said on this pod before that so many times when people say they hate wheat ales but their favorite beers are northeast ipas and i'm always like well then you don't really hate wheat ales um or at least wheat isn't your issue with with that type of style but it does definitely uh toe that line like if you would have just called this you know 
a fruited New England ale, I don't know that anyone would would have batted an eye whatsoever at that, like based <laughs> off of appearance. All right, so um, let's go taste, mouthfeel, and finish. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to start with you on this one. Okay. Still get that juiciness and the flavor. Um, it's definitely still in there. It's not super sweet. Um, there's a that citrus kind of sweetness to it, but it's not really sweet or anything. Um, I did get some good carbonation action on on my tongue when I put it in there. Um, I didn't put my tongue in my glass when I put the, put the beer swear, in my he, mouth. Dude, I'm telling you, his tongue <laughs> that just action sounded with wrong beer, when I said it. It was crazy. Gosh, <laughs> I, I, this is a this is an audio medium. <laughs> Let me tell you, when his tongue came out, it was crazy. It just sounded wrong when I said. Now, it. the second you said it, I could hear JT saying that's what she said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, really pleasant. Uh, not overly sweet, but still sweet. Um, it doesn't you want to go you do want to go back in for another drink um so that's obviously the goal i think of all beers is you want to want somebody to drink more of it and it definitely makes you want to do that that's uh, utopias yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's true um justin what are are you getting anything that is different or even just to add on to what Aaron said. Just big orange flavor. It's just it bursts. It's uh I I would say it's a juicier flavor than the the wheats that I've had, like uh boulevard wheat or um what do I want to say? Blue moon, mm-hmm. orange peel or orange slice not included. Yeah. Yeah, I I you get a ton of like that, like you're you're eating a clementine type of just bright right up front too um and it's not like overly zesty or anything like that where yeah it's like overpowering there's yeah there's no real like rindiness in there either like it's it's there but it's really more um for so many things called juicy this is absolutely juicy um anya I left that the you to get the final word on taste, taste, mouthfeel, and finish. Yeah, to me, it's it's a very like it. You drink it, and it's 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 a little bit dry, which is nice, you know. Like you get a little bit of dryness on the back end, but you kind of take a sip, and like that full flavor is like carried through your whole entire like sip. So you. It's a really easy drinker to crush her. Um, I think when like bars try to have beer moses on, I think this is what they're trying to like do is like get this type of flavor. This is really nice. Like I'm glad they called it a citrus wheat ale because like that's all people care about is easy descriptors they can relate to. And Hefeweizen isn't, it's, you know what it is, but citrus wheat ale sounds way better. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it gets you the same. For me, the citrus flavor is similar to some of the Northeast IPAs and stuff in that you get that kind of citrusness, but this isn't, it's, it's not so heavy like those those beers are, Yeah. which is why I like this so much better. It's because it's not, it's not heavy as, as you 
sessionable, as JT would have said, and you almost said crushable, uh, you know, um, it's, it's way, way better in that regard for me. That's my personal. Yeah, I mean, Justin, you said sessionable at five percent. This kind of toes the line, um, but also I think my concern with this is kind of like Dominguez Sauer from New Belgium is if I'm sitting in the backyard with the hot sun beating down on me and my feet in a kiddie pool, I'm going to say I can drink that beer because I can drink a lot of them and I'm going to get into trouble very quickly <laughs> uh, just because it does go down pretty easily and it is so refreshing. Um, I Watch out kiddie pool. <laughs> Watch yeah. out for kiddie pools around Tim. Like, <laughs> dude, it's crazy. He'll just stick his feet in any kiddie pool. If you have it, dude, doesn't matter. He'll stick his feet in there. I don't, I don't, I don't even, uh, got nothing. <laughs> I think Tim's done. He's, there's no coming, there's no coming back from that, Tim. I'm sorry, buddy, but, uh, you're done for the day. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, transition. I- yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask Justin if he had any final thoughts on this beer, but I think he doesn't really feel like he should say any words right now. <laughs> I think I'm all right. <laughs> Excellent. I, I don't think I can. I can. I, I, there's nothing I can say to top that. <laughs> well, I I'm guess we're doing we'll... what JT would have done if he was here. Make things uncomfortable? Yeah, you're doing good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. Um, let's, let's wrap this thing up then because <laughs> I'm just, I got I to gotta keep my mouth shut. And, you know, um, obviously, Justin, thanks again for coming on the pod. Um, again, part of the, the Two Timers Club. I might think of a better name for that eventually, but that's what it's going to be for now. Um, yeah. It's a select Thanks group of me. people. It should be the Double Dry Hot Bitter Units Club. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's a lot. Of, that's that's a lot of words. Hey, D-D-H. so is double. So is DDH. It's a lot in your mouth <laughs> per pound per barrel. This. And who why did why was she our first call <laughs> and jt said he couldn't make it oh, oh my god did we make a mistake on that oh, uh, that's fantastic follow bitter units on in, on twitter not yeah. instagram twitter yeah follow bitter units way to on, bring it back um, <laughs> check out the tailgate society uh tailgate society com. lots of great writing and stuff obviously uh, a lot of podcasts and stuff there too so you can check out all of those things tim has another podcast old man strength um and uh it's been a a, a great uh two years of doing this pod um i know we called i think the the na beer episode our, our two-year anniversary but um, with having a repeat guest, Justin, thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our guests that have been on, really, that have allowed us to keep doing this. Uh, appreciate all of you. 
Um, not that any of you are listening because after this, I'm sure that's why there's such a small group of people in the two timers club. <laughs> well, we had to invite Anya on to co-host. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to listen to this episode now. Most people aren't going to uh, come back. So, um, proud to be a two timer. Let's <laughs> yeah, see, that's the attitude I was looking for. Uh, but, uh, Justin, anything you want to plug from Brewbound? Website, Twitter, handle, any of that kind of stuff. Anything coming up that you're going to release that you really want people to know is coming? Uh, check out brewbound.com. And we've got our Brew Talks event in Minneapolis during CBC week on Monday, May 2nd, 1 to 4 p.m. Central time. You can get tickets on brewbound.com. And some of the proceeds go to the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. We'll have uh, the beer buyer from Target there. We'll have the folks from uh, someone from Modest or Modest, I should say. I I, I keep messing that up. Modest, Modest, uh, Modest, yeah. Modest in Switchyard Brewing. We've got uh, Haymarket's going to come along. Uh, talk about their residency program that they've done with uh, Black Brewers, um, allowing or giving them their space to come on in and sell beers there um and we're gonna have some of the black brewers there as well we're locking those down and yeah so come on out to brew talks and check that out you might even get to see me but i'd actually want to probably sell the event so maybe i shouldn't say that yeah. mm. <laughs> Good call. Like, people just started asking for refunds <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i'd say i I'd, I'd give you our venue too if we had it locked down yet but if if where we're going is where I'm told we're going, it could be really cool. So oh, cool. They they might play baseball there. A tease. It's, it's yeah. not my, it's not my backyard, is it? No. no. Okay. I I I have like like a like a canopy if you need. You know, I, Way to brag, Tim. Like, wow, <laughs> that. Yeah. Have a canopy? Is that what you tell girls that, that you're trying to date? Come on, Tim. That, that hey, that I have is, a canopy. That's that is a nice flex. That is, that is, that is. So yeah, so if if you need seating for eight, I've got you covered. He has a canopy and a kiddie pool, ladies. Me, Jess, Zoe, <laughs> half of our speakers for all <laughs> Oh, awesome, Anya! Thank you very much for coming on despite what i said a few minutes ago about why you were our first call. oh this is going to be the highest rated episode ever you're, you know brew, a... brew bound on your collab uh, always always yes. comes through always good to have you here we appreciate you jumping in uh kind of at the last minute really yes you know we just kind of put this together yesterday as we tried a few times to get stuff done and again life got in the way so um Iowa State Sweet 16 run. So that's right. That Absolutely. Very important news. Um, Tim, I'm going to give you the last word. And I'm serious. I'm not going to say anything after you. So you're closing the show. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was not prepared for that, but uh, we do appreciate it. Again, Justin, I know Aaron said it. Always great to, to get a chance to talk with you. Um, and yes, Anya, it's been fantastic to have you on. I hope that you are willing to sign up to do this again in the future. But with that, we're very excited that you guys wasted 
even more time with bitter units than usual. So with that, we will catch you guys next time.